Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade. I don't have any intentions again today, but I do encourage you to send those in to uh, Daily Decade Requests, a Decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at ProtonMail.com for all of us to pray for you and any of your needs. I didn't have any intentions in the email, but that doesn't mean that I don't have some intentions. I've got a couple of different people. Uh, I have um, a prayer for uh, a woman who's going to be having a baby. Uh, her, uh, she's, she's due very soon, so her and her husband, uh, they'll be, they're expecting children, or a child. Uh, and of course, this is a very interesting time to have a baby right now. And I've got another woman in the hospital who just had a baby. And so I want to uh, uh, pray for them. And we also have another woman. Uh, all of these are anonymous intentions uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of which is uh, <laughs> two of them are personally known to me. And uh, having both of them mentioned together uh, is uh, not particularly conducive to uh, privacy and uh, communication security. So uh, in order to protect my own identity, I'm, they're going to remain anonymous. But we do have a third one that is not known to me personally. And her son, I don't have her name, but her son is suffering from a... A growth on the brain. It wasn't clear whether it was a tumor, uh, whether it was a form of cancer, uh, but I want to pray for her and for her son as well for their recovery. Uh, it seems appropriate that um, we're near um, Thomas Beckett, who's one of the um, one of the martyrs who's uh, uh, associated. Uh, it's tangential, but he's associated with uh, a patronage of, of head headaches and head injuries as most martyrs who suffer that kind of martyrdom are. Uh, while there's a tradition that's attached to it, there's a tradition that's attached to a number of saints and their care for the body because the body to us is as important and as, uh, as central to ourselves as the soul is. Uh, we're not Gnostics. We don't separate the two out. The, the body and the soul are one. And so saints who suffer martyrdom by particular injury, the marks of the martyrdom are on the body, which means that all faults and injuries and uh, any kind of corruption of nature that results from the fall, which all sickness results from sin, not necessarily from our individual sins, but from original sin, these saints, therefore, where there's injury done to them in the name of Christ, it's natural that they should become patrons that oversee or are appealed to on behalf of people who are suffering some, uh, some fault or some, some illness that affects that part of the body. That's why you can have people whose backs are broken. Well, they become patrons of people who are suffering from back trouble to have that disease taken away from them. They go to that patron saint to intercede on their behalf. Uh, the same thing is true of St. Blaise with, uh, um, with uh, conditions of the throat. There's no wonderful example of that. Uh, you have, uh, there's a couple of uh, saints who were lepers and become uh, patrons of, of skin conditions because the body itself is made holy by their holy lives. 
at the general resurrection they their nature their physical nature will reflect the nature of their soul which is now in heaven that's the reason why that is it's there's a lot of explanations that people usually give about how this or another thing is pagan it's borrowed from the heathen it's a form of idolatry where you would pray to a household god for certain ailments it's not the same thing there is actually a christian theological underpinning as to why we have patronages and something that i've also noticed is a little bit more is is much more common in the west than it is in the east you don't usually hear of patron saints in, uh, in the east among the orthodox christians or among the monophysites although i suppose it does occur there from place to place in russia it's most common now i'm off on a tangent though at any rate with saint thomas beckett on the counter i want to ask his intercession again and we have another martyr today saint sabinus and his companions so we're going to pray uh, for uh, this woman's son. Uh, we're going to pray for the two uh, young women who are one who is expecting a baby and one who just had a baby, and for their children and the health of their children. And who better to appeal to for that than the Blessed Mother herself? Uh, if you have any special intentions, I'll say it one more time. If you have any special intentions and you'd like for us to pray our rosary for you, I encourage you to send those intentions in. Daily Decade Requests at ProtonMail.com. Decade is D E C A D E. Requests in the plural at ProtonMail.com. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve, to thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. For thy handmaidens, O Lord, accept the prayers of St. Gerard, patron of childbearing. O Blessed Mother, pray for us. For those sick, especially thy, thy servant, O Lord, accept the prayers of St. Thomas and St. Sabinus for their perfect recovery of the fulfillment of thy will to their spiritual betterment and that of their entire family. Amen. For all of us in battle and in struggle as we face our enemies day to day, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I had an absolutely wonderful experience today. There was a group uh, that uh, we had had uh, a little bit of fellowship uh, in a uh, in a rosary, a group rosary, that was really quite wonderful. It's something that I encourage everybody to do, even if you live very far from your nearest Roman Catholic. I encourage you go ahead and get together with people and pray. If you have to do it online, you have to do it online. Uh, but if you are uh, 
near anybody. If you take an active role in your parish, I'm sure there's a Rosary Society, and if there's not, there's an opportunity for you to make one. Our fellowship as Christians is a tremendous part of who we are. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I also, is what Christ tells us. And the true meaning of that is to be found in the fact that our religion, our faith, is meant to be one of togetherness, not of separated, individual, atomized units. We, each of us, stand before the throne of God as a person, but we stand as a person with the support of the saints, of the prayers of our loved ones, our guardian angel. We never stand truly alone. And we are judged based on our relations with each other. As a father, I will be judged on the behavior and the uh, sanctity of my children, as well as my wife. As priests are judged based on the condition of their flocks. Women are judged according to their obedience to their fathers and husbands. So everyone is judged as themselves, as a person but not as a separated, atomized individual. And that's an important thing for us to bear in mind. Our, our faith truly is one of gathering and of coming together, of community. If you don't participate in a community or you don't have a community of faith, as a Christian, it is almost a, an obligation for you to find one to participate in. Now, I know that this year has been a difficult one for that sort of thing, but as I found out today, it is much easier for us to pray together and to gather together in the name of Christ in a remote fashion than I had previously uh, really thought. And so even if you cannot gather, and if you can gather physically, don't waste your time on the internet, but if you cannot, if you truly are trapped, and I know there are many people out there that are trapped right now, if you truly are trapped, seek solace in communal prayer. That's my advice. It has nothing to do with the reflection I, I had on my mind, but it's something that is, I think, very important. One of the things that I really wanted to talk about has been on my mind. I saw a quote by St. Bernard, uh, and I have not been able to confirm it, so we're going to say it is a, a quote attributed to St. Bernard, uh, rather than actually a quote by St. Bernard, uh, about how the trees and rocks can teach you more about the faith than all than the masters can and uh, it's I want to double check on it because it sounds like one of those things that would be very popular in recent history and gets ascribed to some medieval saint but it's also very possible that he did say it because it is actually quite true God as the author of all things and of all creation necessarily leaves an indelible mark upon it. And we've talked about this before, getting out into nature. And when we talk, when I talked about it before, when it was brought up uh, as a, a means of, of finding God out among creation, to go out yourself into creation, uh, it really was talked about just as something you should do. Go out, get yourself away from human civilization and worldly concerns and go out and 
not commune with nature in some kind of heathen way, but encounter creation. Uh, my goodness, that sounds so terribly corporate, doesn't it? Encounter creation. What I mean to say is, when we and this is what I, I did say on that episode, I think that went up on when we were still on Spreaker before the migration over to Anchor. I still haven't been able to move all those episodes over. But we, uh, we had talked a little bit about going out into creation and encountering God there because we encounter the, uh, the mark of God in that which he creates. There's an inherent hierarchy about the natural world that reflects the hierarchy of, of God's creation and of God himself. As above, so below. The earth itself reflects the heavenly hierarchy, if in an imperfect way, because the fall affects everything. But there's also something else that is very important about the natural world, about creation. And that is that we live in a society that is almost entirely built upon putting as much distance between ourselves and the created world as possible. Now, that's not to say that we abhor nature or everyone is in favor of uh, laying concrete across the whole uh, the whole face of the earth. There are people that are. Uh, these are people that believe all of us should live stacked upon one another in these terrible boxes uh, and be fed like wild like uh, livestock. But putting those people aside, who we know are the enemies of God and the servants of the devil... Uh, there are plenty of people who will only encounter creation and only encounter nature in these special little reservations that they've set aside, these public parks and curated uh, lawns and paths for them to walk upon. There is no encounter really with the rawness of creation uh, and with the, uh, with the wild uh, qualities of creation which are the qualities that it possessed in the days of St. Bernard. Of course, the forest and the woods were not some place that you went uh, without a measure of awe and fear. And the reason for that was because they were wilds. They were true wilderness. There is a, uh, a poem by... Uh, it's... Uh, well... It's supposed to be the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, who was a Persian poet in the 10th century, but it was adapted by an Englishman in the 19th century, and for the life of me, I cannot remember what his name is now. But he's probably got the most popular most popular translation of the Rubaiyat, and has this one quatrain that I think is probably the most famous quatrain in the whole collection. Uh, let me see if I can remember it and recite it properly. A book of verse beneath the bough, a loaf of bread, a jug of wine, and thou. In the wilderness, O oh, wilderness, were paradise and now. The original quatrain that is translated from is actually there's two separate poems that were merged together, and they both talk about uh, a little bit of bread and a little bit of wine and the wilderness where poet can encounter his beloved. Uh, anybody who knows anything about uh, Persia knows that it is a Muslim country, 
and the Muslims that live there, and uh, Kayam was one of these, belong to a peculiar sect of the of that uh, religion, and uh, there it's not just the Shiites who currently populate the country, but there's a particular sect of Shiite uh, called Sufis who are uh, sort of the mystics of the of the Muslim world. And these Sufi are very reflective of most Middle Eastern mystics, be they uh, Muslim, heathen, uh, there's another, the Zoroastrians are, are fire worshippers in Persia. So there's, so there's, there's heathen, there's um, all sorts of various uh, heathen races that populate that part of the world, but all of them have a sort of mysticism about them. And Christian mystics too. Perhaps we don't think of them as such, but the Desert Fathers were highly mystical in their religiosity. Uh, St. Anthony the Great and the encounters that he had with the demons understood many mystical truths because of his uh, asceticism in the wilderness. People go into the wilderness to encounter God because that is where creation is left unshaped and undisturbed and untamed by man. It has, in a way, become more worldly and less worldly than anything that we encounter in our day-to-day in human civilization. Now, it's certainly not something that I would recommend doing alone, simply wandering off into the woods. Because a true wilderness will be inhabited as thoroughly by demons as it is by the better spirits so to speak, uh, not to mean that there are these good ghosts or what have you, but what I mean is that God is as much present as is the opposite of God in many of those places. And there is a benefit to going out into creation and experiencing it prayerfully to take a sort of retreat. And many Christian saints have done this, not just ascetics, but uh, you see it uh, across the board of people who build monasteries and people who go out and do missions. They go out into the wilds, into the untamed country, because there they can securely establish them, themselves and, and their mission. And because there they have... wrong way to put it would say that they have better access, but there's a different experience. There is a presence, an absence of distractions, and a presence of God that is some, somehow stronger because of those that absence of distraction. And so, fellowship, what we talked about earlier, is, I think, best experienced when it is active and when it is prayerful. And following the example of the missionaries and of the great ascetic monks, there is a, a benefit, I think, of, of getting out into the wilderness as a group of Christians, of going out somewhere and being prayerful together, of having fellowship and having prayerful fellowship in God's creation. And especially now, when we live in such a highly industrialized society, 
where nature is reserved to these little reservations that we can go in and get out of at our own will, that there is no real wilderness, there is no real frontier for us to experience. Going as a group with the explicit goal of removing yourself from the distractions of this deeply human, deeply flawed, and really diabolical order of it, artificial order of everything, is something that can draw all of you nearer to Christ and nearer to God. There was a great benefit, in, I think in many ways, of the persecution that came upon the church in Ireland in those days of, of Cromwell and the Puritans. And it forced the Irish to establish mass rocks, to go out into the wilderness and the moors, and to seek God there, to hear him in the silence. Because there is a profound silence when you are in the wilderness, in a proper wilderness. And so, I think it would be beneficial to us, and this is the, the last thing that was on my mind, because I'm recommending this in the midst of winter. Even down here, deep in the south as I am, it's decidedly winter. There are no leaves on the trees, and it is cold. It's not freezing cold. There's no snow or ice on the ground, but it is cold. We have seasons. That can sometimes be lost in our modern society with our climate control and our automobiles and everything else that we have. Especially if you live in an urban setting, you can lose sight of the seasons. And in Ecclesiastes, it says that everything hath its season. The order of things is of God. The chaos and constancy, uh, or constancy is the wrong word, the monotony of modern living is not of God. God is constant, but he is never monotonous. And so now, more than ever, when the season is truly jarring, I think there's a unique quality to going out into the wilderness and listening to somebody else. Actually, I believe it's, it's our hosts. Uh, uh, now, one of our Exodus Americana syndicates the Daily Decade. Uh, and I was listening to their podcast, which is definitely worth a listen. Uh, one of the hosts, uh, Roscoe, had remarked that he wanted to get out into the wilderness and do a hike. And that's actually what got me thinking about this, because now's the ideal time to do that. You get a bunch of guys, grab your rosary beads, go out into the woods in the winter. You get the season, you get the stillness, you get the camaraderie, and you get the, the quality of a, a true quality of a retreat as it was originally intended in a way that you will not get any other time. And now, in the season of, of joy, which is Christmas tide, but also a season of worldly darkness, because days are shorter and it's cold out, now's a perfect time to do that. So whether or not you go out into the woods with a group of friends and your rosary beads or what have you, my prayer today is that as we come into this new year and as you find yourselves in this season, you will have greater camaraderie in your life with fellow Christians, that you will find yourselves in a closer companionship with your fellow Christians, and that you and they together will grow in faith and draw nearer to Christ 
who said that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I also. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.